Hey there, are you a spiritual seeker looking for the perfect way to blend your physical, spiritual, emotional, and mental health and well-being practices? Maybe you already have an interest in yoga or astrology or want to learn more about yoga's sister science, Jyotish, or Vedic astrology? Well then, I'm super glad you're here, and I'd like to extend you a very warm welcome to the Yogi Scopes podcast. I'm your host, Rosemary Holbrook. I'm a yoga teacher and a Vedic sidereal astrologer, meaning I use the sidereal zodiac, so some of the signs might be different from what you're used to. To get a free copy of your sidereal birth chart, please visit my website, yogiscopes.com slash chart dash calculator. Now let's get started. Glad you're here. Hello, and welcome to your Yogi Scope for the month of February. So on today's episode, we're just going to cover what energies are headed our way this month, and as always, some yoga practices to help work with those astrological energies. So I'm recording this ahead of time, which is new for me. So I hope by the time this airs, you will have come to the new moon circle. Hasn't happened yet as the time of I'm recording. If you want to catch the replay, it will be up for members. Um, you can always come to those for free if you're a member or they're a $25 drop-in. I usually announce the date and time of the next one, of the next new moon circle, sometime around the full moon, um, because just the nature of it, the, the new moon, fall, new and full moons fall on a different day every month. So it's hard to find a time that consistently works for folks. Um, we're kind of settling towards the Sunday before. We'll probably settle towards sometime in the evening, like 8 p.m. Eastern time. Um, but I will announce that for sure closer to the full moon. Um, and you can get on your calendars and you can join the membership, catch the replays, um, catch bonus podcast episodes in the membership, um, and lots of other resources and downloads and things coming out every week for members. Um, otherwise, I'm glad you're here. Um, we're just going to talk about what's coming up in February. And so I have a few keywords. And if you are following along, if you have the planner, um, you will have all the dates. That's another thing. The planner, um, it's always linked in the show notes. It says 2022 Astrological Planner. It's like the first thing under resources in the show notes. Um, you can go and just purchase it if you want to. A lot of value there, a lot of good stuff, resources, all the astrological dates, energies. You could have this stuff ahead of time or have a place to take notes um, when I do these monthly Outlook episodes, or it is also already available for members. You can join the membership and just grab it there, grab your downloadable copy um, already posted in the membership. So as soon as you sign up, you would have access or you can just purchase it separately if you're not interested in the ongoing commitment of the membership. So, um, I will talk about some of the dates, but I don't know that I'm going to anymore take the time to just rattle them off in a list. Of course, I'm going to talk about what the events are, but I don't think I'm going to rattle them off in the list. If you want the list, look in the planner. Um, and that's that. So the bigger energies of this month are, I'm just going to say the theme of the month is to find your rhythm to prepare for the upcoming karmic shifts coming in sort of March and April. So we'll get into more of why I think those things are the interpretation, but 
basically we are setting into motion some of the Capricorn-y things. I like that it has corny at the end. We've had a lot of Capricorn energy going on for the past month. And if you've been following along, you know this. We just um, actually, as I'm hoping, I'm hoping this will air on Monday, which is the 31st, I believe. Yeah, I got that wrong on the new moon episode. I was saying, oh yeah, it is Monday into Tuesday night that we have the new moon. Okay, so Monday is the 31st. I'm planning to release this episode on Monday. I'm actually recording it almost a week ahead of time. It is super duper my intention to get a bunch of episodes recorded ahead of time so that you have them when I take a maternity leave. If not, the only thing I'll be doing on maternity leave is membership stuff, which is why I'm pushing that super hard. Because if you want to stay in touch with me, I can't guarantee there's going to be podcast episodes. It's my best intention, but sometimes life happens. I might deliver early. I might... My kid might be sick again. I don't know. There might be more snow days. Who knows? My schedule's always getting thrown off. Um, but what I will do, no matter what, is focus on the membership while I am taking a maternity leave because that is within my bandwidth. Anyway, um, sorry for those ramblings. I was just trying to get my bearings in terms of what will actually be happening when this, ep- when this episode airs because I've been in a habit because I've been so behind of just releasing things the day that I record them because that's what I've had to do just record it and get it out there whenever I can and so um, basically if you listen to this when it comes out for the beginning of the month on the very first day of the month there is a new moon in Capricorn which is like cool in my opinion because it's like a new moon on the first day of the month you get to set your your astrological intentions line up with your like real world calendar intentions. I don't know. It feels really nice and clean, which is a very Capricorn thing. And so if you haven't had a chance, I'm not going to cover the new moon here because I did a whole episode about it. There's the new moon circle that if you missed it by the time this episode airs, you did miss it unless you were there. Um, if this is your first time hearing about it, the recording does go up, um, for members only. That is a perk that they get is you get the recordings. And if you don't join the membership, you don't get the recordings. So um, you just have to attend if you want to drop in and attend um, recordings. Anyway, go up for members. And so we're starting off the month, kicking off the month, setting Capricorn-related intentions. We have a ton of Capricorn energy still going on on the 3rd, which is uh, Thursday. Um, Mercury will go direct in Capricorn where it will spend the rest of the month and it's spent the last several weeks retrograding through Capricorn. So we've had Capricorn stuff going on there. And then, um, Saturn is still in Capricorn. The sun is still in Capricorn until the 12th. So we're kicking off the month with a ton of Capricorn energy. Um, and you'll see why in a minute we're kind of, that energy is hanging on and, Um, it is going to be come a time that if you haven't already, so maybe you set some new year's intentions or new year's resolutions. Um, it could be a time to kind of revisit and make sure you are showing up in the best way for those things. Um, or to, to actually really finally find your rhythm related to those. I'm hoping that's what the new moon that happens. Um, it's really, 
overnight of the 31st into the 1st. I'm hoping that helps you kind of do, you know, refine those things, um, set your intention for the month related to all these things. Um, and then we're going to start seeing a shift into Aquarius, but not a huge shift. So the sun is moving into Aquarius on the 12th. On the 17th, Saturn is moving into a nakshatra, a lunar mansion that spans both of Capricorn and Aquarius. So I described this a little bit on the new moon episode last week, um, but just for a refresher or in case you missed it, lunar mansions are, they function in the same way as signs do. So signs, um, there's 12 of them and basically all 360 degrees around the earth are divided by 12 and so each one of those each section is a sign so based on where that constellation appears in space and then an even number of degrees around that sign is um around that constellation is what we call a sign and it's all from our perspective um and nakshatras, there's 27 of them. So it's just like signs, only a little bit more specific. And they sometimes line up with signs. Like sometimes um, a nakshatra starts in the same place in the sky as a sign. But sometimes they span over because those two things don't divide evenly. 27 into 360 and 12 into 360. So sometimes they don't line up perfectly. And so there are some nakshatras that span over two signs. And it has been my uh, observation. This is, and this is totally based on my observation. This isn't anything that my teachers have told me or that I've read in a book actually, but um, I think there's truth to it because I've observed it in, in lots of instances that in those nakshatras that span over us, over two signs rather than the ones that are completely encapsulated within one sign, they encapsulate some of the energies of both of those signs. And so when a planet moves into a nakshatra from one that is totally in one sign to one that spans into the next sign, it's almost like we're starting to usher in some of the energy of when the planet will move to that sign because the nakshatra's encapsulate energies from both signs. So it's kind of like subtly we'll start seeing the energies of when the planets move into the next sign. And so that's a big deal. The reason I bring that up and, and describe all that in so much detail is because um, Rahu and Ketu, which are the nodes of the moon, if you're familiar with that concept from Western astrology, Rahu is the north node, Ketu is the south node. In Vedic astrology, they are referred to as the karmic indicators. So they are good indicators of where you might be experiencing karmic lessons, where you might have some karmas to work through, where you might have some karmas that you have already worked to that worked through that you could leverage to your advantage. They give us those kinds of lessons. And if you want to learn more about that, I actually have a lecture already up in the membership I did um, that's just about Rahu and Ketu, a lecture where you can learn about them and the mythology and where the archetypes come from and how to interpret what they might mean for you in your chart and by transit. Um, and then I also have a separate episode 
it's talking about kind of the karmic energies um, we've been experiencing for the last year and a half-ish. And that's what we are preparing to shift from this month. And so I describe that super in detail. It's like 45 minutes long um, in, an, in an episode for the membership. So if you want that, go ahead and sign up for the membership. It's already loaded in there. As soon as you sign up, you can find it. It's under um, bonus podcast episodes, I think. But otherwise, you can just stay tuned. You can get the short version here. You can get much more in-depth version in the membership, or you can stay tuned. And when the time comes in like March and April, when in March, when Rahu and K2 change signs, um, I'll tell you more about what we're shifting to, but that episode is more, uh, the one in the membership I'm talking about is more to talk about what we are shifting from. So the kind of karmic cycles, I hope you are closing up right around now and what um, the month of February probably is going to be a time to find your rhythm to prepare for these big karmic energy shifts that are coming up. So those being Rahu and K2 changing signs that they'll change signs on March 16th. They only change signs every year and a half. So it's going to be a really freaking big deal when we get there. Um, that's one thing that if I don't get anything else um, done for the public podcast during my maternity leave, because I am due in March, so um, there's no telling if I'll still be working then or not. But if I don't do anything else, I will have the Rahu and K2 episode for you, up for you because it's a big deal. And we'll, of course, go more in depth in the membership. But um, so two things are happening. I just explained all that. To kind of give you the context to tell you that two things are happening in February that are starting to give us a glimpse of that energy shift. And one of them is Saturn changing nakshatras to from one that is totally in Capricorn um, to Danishta, which spans Capricorn and into Aquarius. So... That's going to start to usher in a little bit of Saturn in Aquarius energy, which we have seen. Um, that's something I covered in the membership episode in depth with a little more context and information. But we've seen Saturn has largely been in Capricorn since the beginning of the pandemic. And that has been a reason for a lot of the restrictions and especially government restrictions we've seen that is characteristic of that archetype and then actually in fact Saturn moved into Aquarius a little bit last summer and it bounced back into Capricorn in the fall so I don't know if y'all noticed but last summer it was starting to feel like a lot of the restrictive energy especially related to the pandemic was lifted last summer and then we went back went right back and so that's a pretty big deal. Saturn, so Saturn will still be in Capricorn. It doesn't make its final exit out of Capricorn until January of 2023. So that's the bad news. But the good news is that we might start to see an inkling of that energy shift um, when Saturn does enter Danishta on February 17th. And then it will enter Aquarius I don't have the date right in front of me, but I believe it's sometime in April. And I that's also, it's in the planner. Or if you join the membership, it's in that episode that I talked about. I gave all the 
specific dates in there. Um, but just know for now in this episode, we're worrying about February. Um, and so when Saturn shifts into Denisha, we might start to see some of the energy lighten, but in a very subtle way because it still is in Capricorn, but Denisha is a nakshatra. Denisha is one of my favorites. Um, I actually have my Venus in Denisha and I like to say that's why I've told some people before that music is my love language. And if you ever uh, receive a song for me or a playlist, it means that I love you. Uh, so or like that's how I express myself, right? Because you can look to your Venus placement to how you express yourself really well. And Denisha is symbolized by a drum. So it has this huge connection to um, music and symphonies. And so that's why I say it's time this month to find your rhythm, or at least that's part of the reason why I say it's time to find your rhythm this month. And I actually have a Denisha playlist I made several months ago for, um, new, for a full moon that happened in Denisha. And so I'll share that in the show notes. It's a Spotify playlist. It's an hour long. So it's intended to, you could use it for like a vinyasa style yoga practice. I mean, cause that's how I practice is mostly vinyasa or like power yoga. So, um, in my opinion, it's a banger, but if your practice is not that vigorous, it might not feel like a good playlist to listen to for your practice, but you could just listen to it like while you clean the house or something, dance around to it. I don't know, do some free movement um, to align with the energies of Denisha and to just feel an embodied feeling of what Denisha is like. And I'll talk more about that when the week comes um, because the week of actually like Valentine's week. So, so Valentine's day here in the U.S. is on Monday, February 14th. And so on that day is the day that K2 changes nakshatras. We'll talk about that in just a second. That's ushering in the big part of the big energy shift we're expecting in March when K2 and Rahu both change signs from where they've been for the past year and a half in Taurus and Scorpio. They will move to um, Aries and Libra. And so Rahu has already been, Rahu moved into Kritika, which is the nakshatra that spans, it actually spans Taurus and Aries. It moved there last fall, but K2 is only now on Valentine's Day moving into Vishaka, which is a nakshatra that spans both um, Libra and Scorpio. So we'll start to see a shift into that Libra energy a little bit. And I'll tell you um, more about what that means in a second, but, um, and that same week, um, Saturn is changing nakshatras to Denisha. So that's a super big week. Um, and then there's also a full moon that week, I believe. Yeah. On, on the Wednesday. So there's a lot happening that week. Um, and that's a little bit of the focus of this episode. So we'll start to know what to expect. And then of course I'll cover it again when the time comes. Um, because those, those are the big energies of this month. Those are the biggest things in my opinion happening. Um, but then, like I said, also we're not done with the Capricorn energy, even though on the 12th, um, the sun is moving into Aquarius. And so probably on like Instagram or whatever, um, everybody's talking about Aquarius season because I think actually on January 20th, I think, isn't it? Or so, or 22nd or 3rd or something, um, 
when the sun moves into the tropical Aquarius. So that's when everybody starts talking about Aquarius season and it will actually almost be on its way out of Aquarius by the time it moves into sidereal Aquarius. So over here in, in Vedic sidereal land, we are not in Aquarius season yet, except for Jupiter is there. So we've had a lot of Aquarius energy going on for a while anyway. And if you listen to the Jupiter and Aquarius episode, still relevant, relevant until um, March-ish, March or April when Jupiter moves into Pisces, which will be a big deal. That's another thing I covered on the Rahu and K2 episode in the membership. Um, yeah, so you can go back and listen to that episode because those things are still at play. And if you haven't listened, if you have already listened to it, it could be good to do a refresher because when the sun moves into Aquarius, it's only going to amplify that energy. And I think I put that episode out probably in the end of November because that's when Jupiter moved into Aquarius. So it's only going to amplify that energy. And if you want to know more about what that energy means, um, go back and listen to that episode. But for now, for here, I'm going to focus on all the Capricorn energy at play because there's a heck of a lot more of it. Um, so at the end of the month on the 26th, which is a Saturday, both Mars and Venus are moving into Capricorn on the same day, which is going to be a lot of Capricorn energy amplifying that day. And so like I've been saying with the Venus retrograde, it seems like I brought it up every episode since it started at the end of December because it's a big deal. Um, I've been talking about when Venus, um, so it it started its retrograde in Capricorn. It went into Capricorn, was there for like a week or so, I think. And then it started its retrograde and then it was there for like a week or 10 days ish, um, retrograding through Capricorn. And then it spent the last month, uh, most of January from December 29th to January 29th, retrograding through Sagittarius. When, and then on the 29th of January, it went direct in Sagittarius. So um, for the most of the month of February, until the end of the month, you might be revisiting some things or like kind of integrating lessons perhaps that you learned during Venus retrograde um, related to Venus retrograding through Sagittarius, which is like your relationship to indulgence and... Um, like how you indulge in relationship, those kinds of things, uh, through February. And then when Venus goes back into Capricorn, it might be a time to revisit or kind of integrate the things that you learned or things that came to light, um, during the retrograde when Venus enters Capricorn. And so, like I also talked about when Venus first went into Capricorn, um, it might be a good time to get engaged. I think people, I notice that when Venus is in Capricorn, people like to get engaged or move in together and stuff. Um, it's a good time for that. Venus in Capricorn is like a good time to add levels of structure to your relationships. And I've been talking about that between this podcast and the other one for like a month now. So I feel like I've covered that pretty well. Um, and then when Mars enters Capricorn, it's going to bring this very energetic and focused energy. So hopefully that's going to be a super good thing. And like I mentioned with the new moon, whatever intentions you set 
um, related to Capricorn. You could look where Capricorn is in your chart or in the membership. The sign by sign is up. If you want to go and listen to that, um, you can, I'll just tell you where Capricorn is in your chart and what that even means. Um, so what, what kind of intentions would be good to set for the new moon in Capricorn at the beginning of this month? Um, and then with Mars entering Capricorn towards the end of the month, it might give you the big push you need, um, to kind of see that through, continue seeing that through, um, continue integrating those things of whatever intentions you set towards the beginning of the month. So the end of the month, we'll see some revisiting of lessons, basically, um, some revitalization of energy and focus to continue integrating the lessons related to Capricorn things. So you could go and look where Capricorn is in your chart, or if you listen to the new moon episode in the membership, I tell you where Capricorn is in your chart and what that area of your chart represents. If you just want me to just tell you, it's in the membership. So go back to that new moon in Capricorn episode for you members to know that. And so just finally to bring it full circle, because I don't think I covered this um, explicitly, but when K2 changes nakshatras into Vishaka. That's the one that bridges into Libra. So we'll start to see a, um, uh, an entrance of those Libra energies, which is a focus on relationships. And so that's happening on Valentine's day friends. Um, so when K2 changes, so it's, it's subtle though. It's not going to feel like a huge energy shift unless, Perhaps you have a lot of Libra energy or even some planets in Vishaka in your chart. Um, so when that happens, Vishaka is called the nakshatra of purpose because it gives determination and single-pointed focus. So that's another shift we'll see mid-month that brings kind of a revitalization to focus. It might... So depending, this is one of those things, like I've said before, that it could go either way. It could either be really good or really bad. It could be that you just feel an easy time focusing when that happens and you'll have to just investigate and see what is the truth for you when K2 moves into Vishaka that um, you might start, you might feel a real spiritual connection to your purpose, which gives you the determination and single pointed focus you need to like have drive and carry out your goals, or it might go the complete opposite way where you feel completely detached and removed from your kind of spiritual connection to purpose and which will then, when you lose connection to that, it makes it harder to have determination and focus. So if you do, if that's the case, don't worry. You, there are things you can do to, um, reconnect to that, um, kind of spiritual purpose. And we will talk about that more on that episode when the time comes. Um, but just all of that to say, um, with kind of starting off the month in some Capricorn energy, finishing out the month, seeing a rise in Capricorn energy again, um, Saturn and Danishta, K2 and Vishaka, those slower moving planets changing nakshatras, starting to usher in the next big, big shifts that we'll see, just giving us like kind of a soft landing into them. That all, I don't know if you noticed the theme throughout the episode that there was um, 
an emphasis on Cap. So Capricorn stuff, Capricorn is ruled by Saturn. And so Saturn's doing great there, in fact. And we're spending the first half of the month with Sun in Capricorn. And so we have all this Capricorn energy, which means stable, earthy, focused, um, very structure-oriented, all of those things towards the beginning of the month. Um, and then being kind of revitalized towards the end, kind of carrying us through the whole month, um, energy and focus to, and then the Danishta energy, I just had to, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of punny, find your rhythm. So, um, yeah, we've, we've had these energies going on for a little bit. We're kind of seeing them continue to play out and now is the time to really integrate the, karmic lessons that you've learned so that you can move forward um, into the new cycles with like having learned the lessons you were supposed to learn during this time basically um, so take this month as a time to really integrate those lessons and find your by when I say find your rhythm I mean find the habits that really work for you to um, make that happen and that could look like a lot of things and I'm not going to try to um, go over the whole gamut of things that could look like right now. If you want a little more guidance, go back and listen to some of the past episodes or book a reading with me and I can help you sort through it on a very personalized and individual level. Now, your yoga practices. I already mentioned listening to the Danishta playlist that I will link in the show notes. It's a Spotify playlist I made. If in my humble opinion, I make bangers of playlists. It's very important to me. Like I said, Venus Indonesia playlists are an important part of my life experience and my yoga practice experience. So you could even sort through my Spotify profile and find some other yoga playlists on there. Um, I'm kind of irreverent. If you haven't figured out by now, my podcast is marked as explicit. So I use music with cuss words sometimes, most of the time, a lot of the time. <laughs> so if that offends you, uh, I don't know why you're hanging around. You can find a different yoga teacher that doesn't cuss as much because they exist. Um, <laughs> but um, I do. So anyway, you could find some playlists there, um, but you could do a yoga practice to that Danishta playlist that I made to kind of feel the energies of Danishta. Or, or if your yoga practice, if you're not like a vinyasa or power yogi, then that's fine. That playlist will probably be to a high energy for your asana practice. And then so you could just listen to it while you do chores or something or like in the car. I don't know, somewhere else. Listen to it somewhere else. But listening to it will really help you have a more embodied understanding of what the Denisha energy is, which in my opinion is one of the huge energies of this month that we'll see. Um, and it will help you find your rhythm because it's a very rhythmic playlist. Um, and then so related to that yoga practices to align with this energy, if there was ever a time that a daily sadhana was a good thing to have, and by daily sadhana, all I mean is like just a daily practice, um, now would be the time to really think about that. And so I want to also encourage that you don't have any attachments to what that daily sadhana looks like. It doesn't have to be um, because I spent a long time feeling like when people told me I had to have a daily yoga practice, that meant I had to do basically like when you go to a yoga class 
and you get an hour to an hour and a half of like a very well-rounded um, asana practice. I thought that was what my home practice was supposed to look like every single day of my life. And I spent a long time being really attached to that. And I still feel like that's the message that we get as people who are interested in yoga. Um, and it's just not true. I've learned that I get a lot of value. Um, it's good to do practices like that um, somewhat often, but I don't think it's realistic to do it every day. But what is, just think about what else falls under yoga practice. So asana practice, the physical practice, is not the only thing that constitutes a yoga practice. It could be journaling. It could be meditating. It could be um, taking a mindful walk. Just something, something that aligns you with one or more of the eight limbs of yoga. And if you don't know what those are, I did a podcast episode on the science of light a few months back. It was like a crash course in the eight limbs. You could just go and find that one um, every day. Um, or otherwise, just think about your habits and how you're aligning those in your life. And then another practice that can help you with, align with the energies of this month are to practice single pointed focus meditation. So, or, or learn, lean into the concept of dharana, which is single pointed focus. Um, I cover, that's one of the eight limbs. And so it's covered in that episode too, of my other podcast, the science of light. Um, so you could go and learn more about that there, or you could just Google the eight limbs and kind of dive into single point and focus. But basically in a nutshell, if you don't want to go down that rabbit hole, a single point and focus meditation is where you just have an object of meditation. And most of the time, that's what I would encourage you to do anyway. Like you have to have something to focus on to calm your mind enough so that you can reach a state of meditation basically is the idea. So, and that's how the, the eight limbs are kind of organized is that, um, you take care of yourself so that you're not distracted if you're hungry or stinky or you said something messed up to somebody, you know, or whatever. And that stuff could just, so that stuff could distract you. So you want to take care of that. That's what the yamas and niyamas are. And then your asana practice to release any tension from the body, your pranayama practice to kind of center the mind. And then you have um, pratyahara and dharana. So you have to remove, withdraw your senses inwards and have something to focus on, single pointed focus, before you can reach a state of meditation, which is dhyana. And so those are that's the first seven of the limbs um, to give you a minute or two long synopsis of that because it felt important at this point. Um, that's why it works that way. You can listen to that episode to get a much more thought out explanation of that. But just as a recap, um, there you go. But so the single point of focus could be a lot of things. It could be a candle light where you like just stare at a candle flame um, and keep coming back to that until you don't think about anything else. It could be your breath, you could be counting breaths, you could be um, focusing on one or all of your five senses. There's lots of things you could choose to focus your attention on. You know, those are just some ideas, but the idea of having something to focus your attention on is it kind of lets the mind settle. It, it gives you something to come back to when your mind wants to start to wander. And the what I like to tell my students is the more you practice that, 
the longer the space gets between your thoughts. So at first, your thoughts are going to be coming up like constantly, frequently. And the more you have something to come back to, like your breath or a candle flame or whatever you choose um, to align with this single pointed, you know, focused action energy that we see coming up with a lot of the planets this month, like K2 and Vishaka, um, Mars and Capricorn, all the Capricorn energy, all that stuff to bring that focus. You practice it with a single point of focus meditation. And in that, as the space between your thoughts grows longer, that's where the magic happens. That's where the feeling of meditation arises. So I urge you to don't sit down to meditate, sit down to focus on your breath or a candle flame or whatever. And in that experience, meditation will happen. So I hope that was all helpful. I hope you're, you're able to apply that to your life this month. If you have any questions, please reach out to me by email, rosemary at yogiscopes.com or on social media, yogiscopes is my handle on Facebook and Instagram. And I have like a Twitter, but you can find me mostly on Facebook um, or the Facebook group is the best place to reach me. And I'm so grateful that you're here. I hope this was helpful. Have a great month. Bye.